0: Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
1: Hi, I'm Eric Rosenberg from Personal Profitability. And when I'm not busy hustling my tuchis off, I am stacking Benjamins.
2: Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. This week, we take you live to the floor of the Podcast Movement Conference where Joe, Kathleen, Shannon, and Richie are either playing at Disneyland or somehow learning about podcasts. Hey, why can't it be both? I bet they're having so much fun, but now I know how the fin turn feels when we leave them behind. Hey, Joe, don't forget to pick me up some of those mouse ears, if you know what I mean. On today's show, we're talking to top financial podcasters about all the financial issues. Budgets? Check. Planning? Yup. Taxes? Okay. We'll cover lots of that and more. Plus, we'll figure out exactly what Rent Reporters does, we'll have my trivia, and we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline. Now, let's hear from Joe. Hey, Joe, how's the weather in Anaheim?
0: Oh, I am dog tired. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Stacky Benjamin Show. I am, as Doug said, Joe Salcihi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And it's been unbelievable in Anaheim, California. We brought the whole team, while OG didn't come, but everybody else on the team came out. Well, Doug didn't come out either, but does Doug count? I don't know. Been a fantastic time. I'll have more about that at the end of the show, about going to conferences. But first, I should say a big thanks to everybody who's gone to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money because when you head to magnify money, you know what you find? You find that checking account you've had, those savings accounts you've had in the past, the auto loan you've had, the the student loans you've had. You name it, if it's a financial product and you've had it, probably not the best one unless you use Magnify Money, because Magnify Money helps you stop stumbling around looking for financial tools. Instead, guess what you're doing? You are going proactively to the place where very quickly you can sort by fine print, which places have the least and the easiest to read, and which places have the highest interest rate, if it's savings, lowest interest rate, if it's debt, and so on. Very easy to ditch switch compare and save stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. And later in the show, you know what we're gonna do? We're we're going to take you to Magnify Money and we'll take a look at interest rates and how savings accounts are looking because they have been. We had two of them that were at 1.4%. So we'll see if other ones do as well. And if you've got kids in the family, wouldn't be cool to teach them the good money habits they need to stack some Benjamins from the very beginning. Instead of learning the hard way, like I did in college. The problem is, most kids don't learn money concepts in school, and they don't get much hands-on experience with money at home. Well, guess what? To the rescue comes a company called FamZoo. It's prepaid cards, plus a financial education for kids, all in one award-winning app. You can order the cards in just a few minutes at FamZoo.com. And immediately people say, cards? Well, guess what? Your kids don't live in the same universe that you and I did. It's going to be plastic. If you've got a baby born today, what do you think the chance is that you're going to have cash in their hand in 10 years? It's all going to be plastic, and they need to learn how plastic works in a hurry. So not only do they have their own card, but they can't overdraft. They can't run up debt. It makes it easy and quick for you to move money to the kids, keep an eye on their activity, even lock their cards if necessary. The best thing for me, you can set an agenda, you can pay them interest, you can even bid out jobs to them and transfer the money over to their account easily, then watch how they spend it, regroup with them later about spending it. Very cool. It probably sounds familiar to you because Bill Dwight, the founder of FamZoo, he's been on the show a few times over the years to talk to us about kids and money. Gotta have him Back on soon, by the way, StackingBenjamins.com forward slash FamZoo. That's F-A-M-Z-O-O and teach your kids how to stack some Benjamins, StackingBenjamins.com forward slash FamZoo. Great episode today. So excited about our roundtable live from the floor, a podcast movement where we learned a ton about podcasting. More about that later, but let's head to the floor. Here we are on the floor of Podcast Movement 2017, and we've got a motley crew with us today. This is going to be a lot of fun. Let's start at this end of the table. Ms. Profit Boss Radio herself, Hillary Hendershot, joins us. Hi, Joe. Welcome.
3: Thank you. Love this show. I love the basement.
0: (laughs) We've expanded it today. We got a lot of people in the basement today, it's amazing. So tell everybody a little bit about Profit Boss Radio.
3: Yeah, Profit Boss Radio is a podcast primarily for women and money. So the women's conversation about money tends to be a little bit different. Our concerns are our area of interest. And so we talk about everything. We talk about investing. We talk about overspending. We talk about how to talk to your husband about money. We talk about all kinds of things. So I interview some amazing people, David Bach, Allie Brown, Barbara Stanny. And sometimes I just teach. I'm a certified financial planner. So I just talk Mom about- Mom loves it. What?
0: Mom loves it. Mom loves the show. Really? Yeah, absolutely.
3: Well, wow, what a compliment. Thank it's you. It's fantastic.
0: Wow. You got mom's seal of approval. That's why you're here. That's
3: it. Put a fork in me. I there. can go back to the room right now. <laughs> Today, the podcast movement is over for me. Joe's mom loves me. And sitting next to you,
0: she's got a show that's new. You've heard her before on Stacky Benjamins. Jamila Sivrant joins us.
4: Hi. Hi, Joe. Howard, Welcome back. Thank you.
0: It's good to see you. It's
4: good to see you, too. Last
0: time I saw you, we were in New York at the Credit Union Conference. Yes, yes. The Think Conference.
4: It's great to be here in the basement or podcast movement. Where Uh, are
0: we? We're we're a podcast (laughs) movement. Yeah. Yeah.
4: (laughs) So yeah, my name is Jamiela Souffrant. Thank you for having me back on. I have a podcast called Journey to Launch. Last time I didn't have a podcast. I know. So I was totally inspired by not only you, but Hillary, and the guy that's gonna talk next. And my podcast is about launching to financial freedom. So my goal is to retire from my corporate job in six years or less. And so I want to share that journey and then inspire others to do the same, or at the very least, just improve their finances.
0: You and your husband saved $85,000 last year.
4: We did. We did. And we're on target, or we would like to save $93,000 this year.
0: We are focused. Hillary, all your clients do that, right? $85,000 a year, no problem? I
4: was going
3: to ask, did you steal any of that? <laughs> or... <laughs> no, it's
4: all hard work and hard earned. <laughs>
0: They got, they got a row of ATM machines, stolen ATM machines down behind their house. And Mr. FinCon himself. But today we're going to call him Mr. Masters of Your Money podcast.
1: Philip Taylor, PT, is here. Good morning, here. Joe. Good morning. Good to be here.
0: And we are here at the FinCon booth, man. So FinCon's right around the corner. Let's start with FinCon for a second. What's in store for FinCon 2017?
1: Yeah, we've got 1,500 money nerds coming to Dallas, October 25th to 28th, it'll be a great time. We've got David Bach as one of our big keynote speakers, author of Automatic Millionaire, really a dream come true to I have Never heard him. of him. A <laughs> no, dream come true to have this guy at the event because he inspired my you know, journey, my savings effort early on. So really cool event we have this year. We're also opening a portion of the event up to the general public, so uh, I'll be sharing that more in the future. But um, yeah, we're excited putting awesome. a great event together great people
0: yeah. and we'll share it here too so if you're in the dallas area or want to take a trip to dallas come come join us yeah, money yeah,
1: nerds yeah. more news on that later
0: that's a it's a good time so but let's talk about masters of your money your podcast
1: yeah yeah masters of your money uh, we've been doing that this year uh, it's been a weekly interview podcast where we interview people who have mastered their money but we don't really talk about why what makes them so masterful we talk about really their backstory The journey they've been on. So you can kind of see the trajectory, the path that they've taken to find success with their finances and uh, maybe attach yourself to it and see yourself moving in a positive direction.
0: He's had a lot of really great episodes and one horrible one (laughs) with this rotten guest, (laughs) just this stacking Benjamins guy. Uh, I could say
3: he's quite an interviewer. I was on his show. He asks very specific questions. I was sweating. I was too, a little (laughs) bit. I was like, what's he going to ask next? (laughs) Oh, really?
1: They call me the interrogator. (laughs)
3: Well, let
0: me throw you guys a couple softballs here. So we're here at Podcast Movement Conference, right? And I think it's really important to go to conferences, no matter what your career is, what your passion is. Why are you here? What are you trying to get out of it? Jimmela, let's start with you.
4: Well, this is a really important event for me because it's my first podcast movement and my first conference since okay. like entering this world of entrepreneurship and starting journey to launch and so it's important for me to like get from behind the computer screen and to yeah. meet people in person because i quickly realized that it's really about the connections you make and it's but so much connections you can make like online I think seeing people in person, you know, shaking hands, really looking someone in the eye gives them a sense of who you are. And I really, um, this is like my main goal for being here is to like meet all these people that I've been listening to and looking up to and really like just connect. Is
0: that your biggest your biggest point too, networking PT?
1: That's huge for me. Yeah, I've been to all four podcast movements. I wouldn't miss it. You know, I'm really in love with the medium of podcasting. I uh, try to support it with everything I do. And so being at this show, having a booth here, allowing other shows to participate, you know, and do their shows live from our booth makes a lot of sense. And I really you know, love the founders of this event as well. We work together on a daily basis, really. Dan and I and Jared and I do. So it's really great. Yeah. I if you're- to be a part of it.
0: But if you're somebody working a 9 to 5 though, Hillary, why do you go to a conference? Do you do you still go to a conference like this?
4: Well, that's her that's what she's doing. Aren't you still working a 9 to uh, 5? Yep, I'm still working a 9 to 5. She's yep. got
3: two lives going on. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, you mean if you're a, if you're in a 9 to 5, do you go to conferences in that industry? Yeah. Yeah, I think every time I've been to a conference, I'm glad that I went. I mean, for me personally, I have a 1-year-old and I do not have a house husband. So, this is a family affair. <laughs> When I go to a conference, everyone has to. Get Everybody to goes to the conference. <laughs> so I think that that you should take that as you know, per, you know I, I have a lot of value in attending these conferences. I get to meet folks like you. The relationships make what I do so much easier. When when I got the shift that you should always try to be a speaker at every conference that you attend, that changed everything for me. I am not a speaker at Podcast Movement this time, but it still changes your viewpoint and how you position yourself uh, with the people that you meet. And I find things just go a lot smoother.
0: Not just go, participate, you're saying.
3: Exactly. Like like Get in there. Be a leader. Yeah. 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 You can contribute something. Your voice is unique in some way.
0: Somebody said at one point, one time, that this might be a money show. So why don't we talk about money a little bit? Let's do it. A crazy talk. I'm curious because I love your shows, and I'm wondering what your audience is telling you they're really worried about. We've done this before when we've been at conferences. I think it's, we've got so many different viewpoints here. So, Hillary, let's start with you, a profit boss. When people write in, what do they really seem to be worried about right now?
3: So the thing I'll start with is real estate. This may be unique to where I'm at because I am from the San Francisco Bay Area. That's where my financial planning practice is. I, I myself live in San Jose and I get people, young people in their mid thirties, you know, right around that age frame who have saved a lot of money and they're looking at real estate and it feels overbought it feels overpriced and they say well, here we are we're ready we're renting we're ready to buy but is it actually a smart thing to do and i think people have a bit of PTSD from the housing crisis so yeah. where you are i don't know if housing prices fell but they sure did where i am so people lost you know half the equity in their homes in about a year yeah. it's all recovered now but People don't want to lose money, so that's one of the most common questions I get.
0: Real estate's very expensive in Texarkana. Is it? I don't it? know if you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
3: Is that why your basement's so big? <laughs> that's, that's
0: exactly why. Yeah, but PT, how about you? You think about, on real estate when Hillary's talking about being overbought? I mean, isn't that a regional thing or local? Because I, isn't to some degree this idea of a real estate market that's nationwide a myth?
5: Uh,
1: I don't know the answer to that, Joe. <laughs> I know that uh, in Texas, where I live, you know, we are experiencing unusual growth in real estate. So I'm, I'm sort of seeing what feels like a hot market. Someone who I'm close to just asked me whether it was a good time to buy a new home for themselves. And I try to divorce myself from some the market idea of, of real estate and really just talk about a personal situation. So uh, to me, a, buying a house really revolves around so many more factors than what the actual market is at, the, at this point. So for me, it, it counts like how long you're going to be in that area, whether you've settled in on a career or a job, uh, so many other factors that kind of come into play for me versus just what the actual current market is doing. So I don't know if that answers your question. But well,
0: what about if you're looking at rental real estate? Because you're talking about like a, your, your personal residence. residence. Yeah. 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 What about for rentals?
1: Rental real estate? I don't know, Joe. I don't know if I have a good answer. I'm, I'm, I'm a landlord myself. I certainly... Would feel uncomfortable, I think, buying in the current market. You know, in Texas, Um, I would feel like I would be buying at a premium. So I don't know if that answers your question.
0: No, no, I think it does. I think you really do have to look at city by city because. I was kidding about Texarkana. I think you could buy a lot of real estate in Texarkana (laughs) right now, and you're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. But in San Jose, maybe not. But Jamila, when you're saving as much money as you're saving, is real estate a piece of that? Do you buy any real estate? Do you see yourself doing that?
4: Well, lucky for me, I bought my first property at 22 in Brooklyn, in Dumbo. At the time, it wasn't the Dumbo that it is today. So if you don't know that, it is down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass. And like today, it's the most expensive place to buy Real estate in Brooklyn. So it's I couldn't. It's a cool not, area. It's a great area. I couldn't buy anything there now, but I luckily um, bought a studio there, and I still own it. And so for me, like currently, it's not an active part of our investment strategy, okay. but it it's part of our current portfolio. And so I do have a tenant, and we do own our current home part of the trigger for me wanting to retire is to be able to pay off that mortgage. And so sometimes I'm just like, maybe I need to move to where you are. So I don't know, like, because it's pretty crazy.
0: You come out to Texarkana, we'll take you to both good restaurants. It'll be an awesome time. (laughs) One of
3: them Arby's. (laughs)
0: Easy. Wow. It's below the belt, shot. What are you doing? That's a big no, it's, it's wind. <laughs>
3: right. You need some extra holes.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess so, yeah. Uh, real estate in general, I think that's interesting. Jamila, what are people saying to you when you get calls into the show or you get uh, emails? about what they're worried about. Yeah.
4: So it's it's related to investing because a lot of people are still in a lot of debt. So I recently polled my audience and I asked them like how much debt they had, non-mortgage. And a lot of people said above 50000 And in the comments, a lot of people said, well, I have a lot of debt, but I want to start investing. What should I do? Like, I'm, I feel like I'm missing out on my money growing. But, you know, you, and I talk about being debt-free. So they're like, but you talk about being debt-free, so what do I do first? Yeah. So it's that like constant back and forth with, not wanting to miss like the the appreciation like the accumulation of money and the you know growth on growth of money versus paying off their current debt yeah. you know it's a lot of confusion on what they should do first
0: yeah so PT let's ask you yeah what, who, what factors into what factors into that decision do you well, think
4: I, I like the
1: thinking right to me that says that person's uh, in a growth mindset ready to charge ahead and, right. it's, and it's one thing to look at someone like Jamila who's 10 years maybe ahead of where this person is and uh, to think oh I need to fast track to that point all of a sudden but they really knew the whole story especially mine I mean it took years really to get to the point where I'm at and so have a little patience you know first off but then I think you can do both you know I did both I paid off my debts while I was you know continuing to uh, you know at a minimum get what my 401k with my employer was matching me in terms of retirement savings I was doing a little you know but uh, debt Especially the high-interest debt was a major priority for me, and then as I was left with student loans, and uh, now that I'm left for the mortgage, I'm starting to more or less balance, you know, my retirement savings with my debt payoff strategy. So, I think a balanced approach can work, and I think that mindset is a good one. You know, it, it says that you're you're thinking about the whole picture what you have to yeah. do with your finances.
0: PT said something interesting Hillary that I that I really want to focus in on for a second because you're in a position most people listening to the show are not in, which is that you sit down and meet with people one-on-one a lot, different people. Yes. And people always want to compare themselves to everybody else. <laughs> Why do we I mean how many times did you get this quote? Do you get this question? How am I doing versus everybody else?
3: Well, First of all, I think PT answered that question better than any of us could. I feel like he really rung the bell. And I feel like human nature is to compare. We're, like, so competitive. I mean, you know, you and PT were just talking before we got on the show about who had more downloads. No, <laughs> not. Oh,
0: my God. Where did that
3: come from? You know, and we women, it's always who's skinnier.
4: It's just the way it goes. You're skinnier. You're skinnier. <laughs>
3: Do
0: people ask you, how do I compare with other people?
3: Sometimes they say... Have you ever seen someone in a situation like this? Or how am I doing compared to other people in my age group? But, yeah. yeah.
0: I used to get that all the time when I was a planner. And it drove me crazy. I'm like, who cares? It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing.
3: Yeah. What's important is whether you're on track to meet your goals.
1: Yes. Well, I think you can channel that in a positive direction. Because oftentimes, I think we compare ourselves to just literally what we see our neighbors doing. That's how the system is set up. We oh, look at yeah. our neighbor. We see their car. We see what they're wearing, whatever, what they have. And we think they must have X in their bank account or whatever. But
3: take it from me, you cannot well, tell you what's can. going on yeah. inside so from the outside. If you're <laughs> going
1: to compare, compare to actual real results, like what you actually know other people are doing. For instance, in the financial blogosphere, there are tons of websites that share their net worth, share their finances really publicly. Go actually look at what those people are sharing because that's real numbers that matter.
4: And everyone's starting point is different. So like you know Great everyone's point. saying that, you know, for me, I know part of my my story is that uh, yes i saved the 85000 but you know i realized that at like 32 is when i really started this journey that i was going to you know save more and figure out a way to invest and you know all these things that i did not do in my 20s and while that still is young compared to some people you know if you're in a lot of debt, you can't say to yourself, you know, I want to then now save $100,000 next year. Like, be you have to be realistic with your goals and patient. Like my journey to launch is all about, you know, the journey to financial freedom. But you have to also be patient and consistent on this journey. And a lot of it takes hard work. And so when people ask me, okay, so how can I get to the next level? Well, you may, you may have to be uncomfortable for a bit. And, you know, there are things that we had to do the cut back to be uncomfortable to do what we did. So are you prepared to do that? It's like the next question. So if you're comparing yourself, make sure that you know that the work that any one of us have, have done to even get to where we are, it, it took work. So are you willing and able to do that work?
0: Oh, that's powerful. Uh, debt snowball or debt avalanche? So when you're paying it off, to define this for people, do you start off with the interest rate that's the highest and knock down that debt first? Or do you look at the lowest balance and pay that one off first?
4: I like paint. So when I did have debt, what I used to do is I just quick wins. So if it was something that I could pay off in two months or less, I would focus on that. So that way it boosts the morale, keep me going. Yeah. And then after that, I would just like throw as much money as I could to the highest interest.
0: Okay. So you start off with, with Snowball and then transition. Right. Gotcha. PT?
1: Interest rates motivate me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm an avalancher. Yeah.
0: But uh, your background's a CPA though, right? Yeah. 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 Hillary?
3: You know, I tell people, look, when I had a bunch of debt, it didn't motivate me to pay off the debt. I just wasn't motivated by paying off debt because I felt like I was digging myself out from zero. So I did a 50-50 approach. I put half of it in the market. I put half of it to the debt. And I liked seeing the balances grow, even though the impact on my net worth was not different. I know that. I'm not, I wasn't fooling myself, but that's what motivated me. So I tell people, I mean, if you have a 17% credit card, sure, go pay that off. But most interest rates are lower than that now. So I think whatever whatever works for you.
0: Know your behavior.
3: Know yourself. Yeah, Start yes. with you. Know thyself.
1: Yes. And work from there. You yeah. If that. you're headed in the right direction, it really doesn't matter that much. If you're full steam ahead, it yeah. you know, doesn't matter.
0: Well, and it's funny because, you know, money nerds listening to this do not like what you said yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it matters. It so matters. I and know. you're right. It, I know. It doesn't. Behavior matters. Yeah. Got to take a quick break from talking to hillary jamila and pt to say a big thanks to everyone who has taken a stacking benjamin's course you know you come to the show expecting very, very little, right? You don't want to learn anything listening to Stacky Benjamins. Or what, where do you go to learn? The next step is the Stacky Benjamins course. If you head to stackybenjamins.com, you'll find right now we have two courses available, how to save half of your income. That's right. Let's say that you fail and you only save 35% of your income or you can't save at all and you're wondering how to start. Save half your income will detail at a pace that you'll understand how to do all those things. And you know why you'll understand the pace? Because you set it yourself. We like people to take a lesson every day, and it's set up that way. But you can do it very quickly, you can do it very slowly, and it's all at your leisure. SteckyBenjamins.com, save 50, the number five zero for save 50. And our second course, all about how the tax code works, how to legally cheat on your taxes. Ever think, especially if you're self-employed, or if you feel like the tax man's got it for you, how to actually save some money on your taxes, we're going to teach you specifically how the tax code works. And Stephanie, who's taken the course, has said, the hosts keep it fun. You can reduce your confusion, understand the tax code, know where to save. And you know what? They're all at a very low price that you'll also understand. StackyBenjamins.com, head to our courses Just scroll down on the main page and you'll find how to legally cheat on your taxes and how to save half of your income. All right. I first heard about rent reports initially from Steve Stewart. And it's funny because Steve was talking about how unfair the credit system is. And I don't know that he specifically told me about rent reports, but he talked about, you know, if if the whole goal is to talk about paying your bills, then utilities are on there sometimes, sometimes they're not. Rent is never on there. So when I heard about Rent Reports, I thought it solves this problem of unfair credit. and People that want to get credit not being able to have credit. So Rent Reports fills this big hole that a bunch of people I know that listen to the show who rent are going to want to have filled. How would you like to raise your credit in a hurry? Well, guess what? We're going to talk to Mark DeBell right now about that. Let's roll our FinTech segment. I'm Mark DeBell from Rent Reporters coming down to the basement. Have a seat, man. How are you?
5: I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me in, Joe.
0: Well, I'm so glad you're here because this is not a simple issue. Tell me a story about someone, you know, one of our guests, Mark, one time used the term uh, living at the bottom of the financial pyramid, like the way that banks put it. I don't know that I love that term. But for somebody who's not really given a fair shake, kind of walk me through their day and tell me why it's not the same for them as it is with someone that, uh, you know, has maybe a lot more income, already owns a house and a great job.
5: Yeah, well, that's a great way to start the conversation. You know, I, I always like to share the story about one of our customers that came to us. She was looking for help. She had a job. Her car was broken down. She was having a difficult time getting to work, and she went to the car lot just to find an affordable used car, but the interest rates and the down payment terms made the car completely unaffordable. I mean, that's that's a life-limiting fact pattern to be in, to be able to not have transportation to get to and from work just because you have a credit score that may not even reflect who you are financially as an individual. So we believe that alternative information is the way to help people truly gain access to a credit score that really reflects who they are as individuals. And alternative information like reporting rent payments can bring people out of the darkness and into the light and give them access to the things that we all take for granted. Not having to put a deposit down on your utilities bill, not having to be turned down for an apartment just because of a credit score or no credit score that you may have. So we're really bringing people out of the darkness and into light and opening up a world of options and opportunities for them.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. The way credit scores are now. Can we start there, Mark? Uh, Tell me about credit scoring now. What, What do you think is right with credit scoring now and what's wrong with credit scoring now? Well, the big problem,
5: as we see it, is there are, you know, there's there's 50 million Americans in the United States today that just don't even have a credit score. Uh, They're either what we call a credit invisible person. And that means the credit, the credit bureaus, the three big credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, TransUnion, they don't even know who these people are because they've lived in a cash based world their entire lives, which is their rent with a check.
0: Yeah, which is dangerous on its own.
5: Absolutely, absolutely. Cat, you know, groceries with the check, paying the doctor with the check. They're invisible. And then there's another group of folks that we call the unscorables. The, the credit bureaus know who they are, but either there's such a little amount of information about them in their credit file that they can't even generate a score for these folks. And so there's, are you know, again, 50 million Americans that are completely locked out of even having access to a credit score. Alternative information like rent reporting can change that. Uh, reporting a rent payment that a consumer has made to the credit bureaus can bring these credit invisibles to visible. It will establish a positive trade line with positive payment history that will facilitate generating a credit score for the first time. So I guess, you know, when we look at what's wrong with the financial marketplace is that, you know, the folks that need access to these services the most are the ones that are locked out. And alternative data like like rent payments, utility payments are a way to really paint an accurate picture of who a person is with respect to how they're managing their finances.
0: It's it's funny, Mark. When it comes to utility payments, you know, uh, there's people on the other side of that argument saying, "Well, utility really has nothing to do with credit. It's not like you're taking a loan out to you know have your your electricity on. Having your electricity on is something that that is just it's a it's a monthly bill. How would you respond to that?"
5: Well, I think it demonstrates a couple of really important things. Managing your rent. The rent check and individual rights arguably is their single largest monthly expense every single month. And being able to demonstrate that I have the income to make those payments on time consistently month after month after month, year after year after year demonstrates a person's ability to manage their finances responsibly. Same with utilities, obviously, to a lesser extent. It's not the dollar amount that a rent payment is, and that's why we think rent payments are so critical to being included in a credit file. But again, it's demonstrating to the world, hey, I'm a responsible individual. I can manage my finances. I pay my rent on time. I pay my utilities on time. And these are significant amounts of my income I am a person worthy of your trust financial marketplace.
0: Got it because I pay yeah because I pay my bills on time uh, every month. yeah How much of this information now is in the credit score or does it depend on the credit score are there some credit scores mark that that have uh, some of these alternative um, uh, scoring mechanisms in them or are are they in none?
5: No, there definitely are. Let's talk about that. Uh, The newer scoring models do include rent payment history. So the most recent version of FICO, which is called FICO 9, includes alternative data like rent payments. Vantage 3.0 also includes rent payment history. So there are scoring models and it's becoming more and more adapted and, and used every day. But what we really need from the marketplace is to start really adapting these scoring models as the decision point for granting credit. Again FICO 9 is the newest FICO model that includes rep payment history. There's also another FICO model called XD which looks at all which is built exclusively around alternative data. but we really you know it's the responsibility of the financial marketplace to adopt these scoring models so that the folks that need access to the financial marketplace can get them and uh, and everything's moving in that direction. We'd like to see it move much at a much faster pace.
0: Now, is this something that, let's say I'm listening to this on my way into work or I'm walking the dog or out for the morning run and I'm renting, is this something I can do something about or is this pretty much up to the landlord to report the rental payments?
5: Yeah, a great question. Let's talk just a little bit about Rent Reporters. So Rent Reporters is the leading consumer-initiated solution, which means simply that any of the 110 million renters in the United States today can come to rent reporters and we can work with that individual and their landlord to verify their rent payments and have those rent payments reported. And again so it's not the responsibility of the landlord to initiate the process. The consumer can ask to have these rent payments reported and engage with rent reporters to provide that service. And we're going to work with the landlord it's it's our job to Verify the rent payment information. We do that. We go back in time. We add two years of positive payment history, in one in one shot, and then we work with the landlord going forward to continue to report those on time rent payments as they're made each successive month.
0: What are the What are some of the frustrations you're having in the process now?
5: I think getting the good news out about the availability of this product. Uh, you know, most folks, unfortunately, only think about their credit score when they need to. And that means I'm sitting down in front of the, you know, at the car dealership, and I love that shiny new Honda Accord, and I want it. And I want that 0.9% auto financing that Honda offers. But oh my gosh, my credit score is 590. What do I do? How do I fix that? So credit scores are historically have only been managed as a point of need. Gosh, I want that new house. What's my credit score? Oh my gosh, I can't afford the loan. We want consumers to be proactive. We want them to take control of their financial future by managing today what will give them the most options tomorrow. So it's really, you know, again, it's a, if, if, in terms of frustration, I think it's, it would be, gosh, you know, how do we reach folks? Um, we, we have the toolkit to help them make a big difference in their life. And and so, you know, frankly, Joe, it's great to be on your show and have the opportunity to get that message out to folks.
0: Yeah. And you said the average credit score shows on your website. Well, you didn't say it. Uh, it can go up 35 to 50 points in 15 days. That's a bunch.
5: Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, not not even so much focusing on the score impact. I mean, obviously, that that's a that's a very meaningful score change. And, you know, a 35 to 50 point change in a score can mean the difference between a 10 percent car loan or a 3% car loan. Yeah. It's that significant. And that's thousands upon thousands of dollars of savings over the course of a, of a five-year auto loan. Uh, but another way to really look at it too is just what it's adding to your credit report. And you know, putting that positive rental payment history trade line on a credit report shows lenders that you have the ability to repay debt. And that payment history is as important or more important than what a, you know, a score change may or may not be. And so, you know, we're, we're adding positive payment history and that's that positive payment history of course is resulting in a score change. So there's really two good things to focus on, you know, from a good news perspective.
0: If I'm subletting or I'm a roommate and I'm not officially on that rental agreement, this doesn't work for me, I would assume.
5: Yeah. We need to have a formal agreement in place between a landlord and a tenant. So, if you are a, you know you're living with a, in an apartment two bedroom apartment and you're not named on that lease, then we would not be able to have your share of the rent reported. Um, so that would be a good reason to go and have the landlord add you to a lease, and then we could report your share of the rent. Um same in a sublet environment, if there's a formal agreement between uh, you know, again, the landlord, the person that has a financial stake in that rental property, and the sublessee, then yes we can do that but absent those formal agreements then we're not able to uh report that information
0: awesome and and how much how much does rent reports cost if someone wants to start doing this
5: our fee we have two different offerings currently Uh, we have a basic package which really is geared for the newer renter a renter that has less than 12 months of rental payment history to report and we'll do that for $25. And that's a great way for a young person who's in college to establish a credit score for the first time. And there's, there's a story that I love to tell about a person that came to Rent Reporters. Uh, she was wanting to establish a credit score she was what we called a credit invisible because she'd never borrowed any money. She'd never had a, you know, a company or a store credit card, and she was invisible. We reported her rent payments from her dormitory, and we established a credit score for her in just a few days of 658 points. And wow. that's, that's again, the power of this, this rent payment history. So young adults, boy, sign up for that basic package and get those first 12 months of rent reported. For the more, what we'll call our experienced renters, we have a package where we can report up to two years of rental history, and that is going to be for a fee of $59.95. And then we continue to report those ongoing monthly rental payments for $9.95 per month under both packages.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, And we'll link to rentreporters.com in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. Mark DeBell, thanks for hanging out with us.
5: Absolutely, Joe. Thanks for having me in the basement.
0: Big thanks to mark for coming down to the basement and sharing isn't that incredible obviously we don't endorse any of the companies that are on our friday fintech segment but uh a great concept and something much needed so check it out for yourself at rent reports all right let's head back to our awesome discussion on the floor podcast movement with hillary hendershot Jamila lo and philip taylor PT, how about you? What are people telling you on uh, the show?
1: Yeah, folks are looking for uh, extra sources of income, whether that be from an idea they want to turn into a business or they're trying to come up with a new idea or they just want a simple side hustle to bring in a couple extra hundred dollars a month to uh, pay down some debt or start a real estate investing fund or whatever it may be. But just extra sources of income because their job's not... They're not getting the raises they used to get, or they're not getting the bonuses they used to get, or they don't see their career path and maybe progressing as fast. So, Well, you know. that's what
0: I was going to ask you, was I, I see, you know, we talk a lot about side hustles online, about uh, other passive income, and I wonder if half the time, if we tried harder at our primary job to get a raise or get a promotion, wouldn't that be time better spent because we already have the skill in that area, we have our 10,000 hours, like Malcolm Gladwell says? Jamila, what do you think?
4: Yeah, I think it is important to understand where you are on the pay scale at your job, you know, to make sure that you are getting paid at least what you're worth or in your industry and to do that research. So you go to Glassdoor, you see what other people in your industry are getting paid at your level. But I do think it's something to be said for creating diverse streams of income. And so if you can create a low cost side hustle, so this is important because people ask all the time, what should I do? How can I bring in more money? But you don't want to create a side hustle that you know requires you to get more into debt put up capital you don't have. So hey you got to be smart about it. And then I feel in this age with digital media, you can do a lot of online stuff that is not going to cost you a lot of money up front. So I do think it's great to make sure you're getting paid enough, but I do, it's important to, to figure out if you have a skill and if you can transition that into getting paid for that skill on the side.
0: Fantastic. Hillary.
4: I think the answer
3: to your question about whether you should focus more on what you're already good at or start a side hustle really depends on the person. I think of my friend, Trisha, who uh, was working for the local city government for many years in event planning. And then I believe on the side she was doing, maybe she was doing some consulting work in event planning or I don't know, but that woman hustled. Our entire 20s, I was basically drinking while she was working (laughs) and then by the time we turned 30 uh, you know the numbers are not accurate this is about the time when I was falling on my face financially which I talk about openly on my show Um, you know she owned three pieces of real estate and it was like oh okay I got it Trisha won the race Uh, so uh, you know but at this point in my life if I needed more money no I would not go start a side hustle you do more of what you do now. I would do more of what I do now It's you know it's very lucrative but I'm you know 20 years into my career
0: I like this idea though of you personally instead of us talking to people listening PT for you right now do more of the stuff that you're doing now or start a side hustle if you need more money
1: for me doubling down what I'm doing right now and iterate within what I'm doing yeah so figuring out ways to add more value to the customers I'm already serving
0: is that because you're entrepreneurs I think so. Where maybe if it's a nine to five, it's probably more likely that you should do a side hustle.
3: Actually, now that I think about it, if, if an entrepreneur said to me, I'm going to go start a side hustle, and it was completely unrelated to their business, I would think, obviously, your business is going to be going away soon. Yeah. That's what my thought would be. Yeah. And
4: I feel like I'm in a unique position that I still do work, and then now I have started this business on the side. Right. And so for me, everything that I've been able to do financially has been because of my main job. Yeah. Um, and my husband works too, so that helps. But I so I cannot discount that my salary has really put me in the position to be able to pay off the debt we paid off, to be able to save. So I appreciate that, and I, I try to make sure that yes, I am making as much money as I can right now to double down and to save as much. But like honestly, I'm not making any money really on my side hustle. Like I'm hoping that you know one day like this can be my full time job, but you know. I'm building that foundation to start it up now so that it can be that.
0: Well, and and I wanted to ask you about that because let's say Journey to Launch is on its way to being the biggest podcast ever, right? And so when you get to the point that is paying all the bills, like when do you make that switch? When you see the trajectory is there or do you wait until you've equaled your income?
4: Well, I think about that all the time because I'm just like, well, if I were able to devote more time to this side hustle and to really put my all into it, like maybe I would be able to fast track the six year mark. Maybe I'll be able to do it in a year, right? So I think about that and I don't know. I do have some trigger points that will allow me to feel like I can feel safe to walk away, but I have, you know, we ha- I have two kids, I have a husband, I bring in, you know, more than half of the income of the household. So for me to like make that decision, I- it has to be a well thought out one because it's not just me. If I was a single, and I didn't really have anyone st- depending on me, I probably would have, you know, jumped ship and tried a long time ago. But it's a lot of decisions behind it. Bigger than average emergency fund if she's doing that, Hillary.
3: Ooh. Uh, She needs... First of all, I don't like to use the word emergency around money. I don't choose to have financial emergencies. I call it a curveball account. (laughs) <laughs> for a when life ball. throws you curveballs. <laughs> <I laughs> like ne- that. Which never happens. She, <laughs> she needs a curveball account, but she also needs startup capital. So she may burn through her startup capital. I mean, starting a business always requires startup capital. So the idea is you put a bunch of money and resources into it, and then you build a machine that produces money over time. She probably won't step away from her job until she has some consistent yeah. um, right. uh, business income. So yeah, I would say uh, you need two curveball accounts. PT, when did you make the jump?
1: Uh, three years uh, after starting PT Money, and at the time I left, it was producing about two thirds or a third or, or half of what I was making from my corporate salary. That's pretty risky. Yeah, I had paid off all my debt though, Okay. Uh, other than a mortgage, and I had about, I'd say, 12 months of emergency savings. I'm a CPA as well, so I felt like, given the Dallas market, I could probably jump back and do a job if I wanted to fairly easily. But uh, that was enough on-ramp for me, and I was able to make it. You know, the, the big issue for me was actually health insurance and figuring yeah. all that out. Yeah. But once I cleared that hurdle, the income, we learned to live with, and then we learned to grow it. So. Wow,
0: well, that's exciting. And I know, you know, people going through that, that when you make that jump, it's an exciting time, but it also...
3: It's stressful.
0: Yeah, But absolutely. that's business,
3: right? You're always trying to make something... You're always trying to put resources together to make more than you had when you started. I don't know if I said that eloquently, but
0: that's what entrepreneurs do. Well, somebody, I had a mentor use an analogy that's like a, it's maybe a horrible analogy. It's a Las Vegas one. It's, are you playing for these chips or are you pushing them back across the table to play for more, you know? And you invest in your business. Going to things like this, you invest more to play a bigger game, so... Well, let's talk about what's going on. Where you kids live? We'll start at the other end of the table. PT, what's coming up on Masters of Money?
1: Yeah, we've got weekly episodes coming out. We just had Hillary on this week's episode. Hey. You want to listen to that? Best one? episode ever. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so we got a few more uh, left to the end of the year, and then uh, we'll decide on what we want to do for season two. So awesome. It's been it's been a good run.
0: That's exciting. Jamila, what's coming up on Journey to Launch?
4: Yeah, so Journey to Launch fairly new, but we are going and we're going to keep going. And we launch every Wednesday. So new episodes come on every Wednesday. And I really try, I do a mix between expert interviews, but then just real life, like one-on-one conversations with people on the journey. And then I do some solo episodes, just sharing my expertise. And so yeah, come check us out. That's
0: Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks for joining us too. Stop. Hillary, what's it? Profit Boss. You weren't even gonna wait for me to no, ask. No, wasn't. She was just I'm taking clearly control. Clearly, I'm up
3: next. <laughs> so, Profit Boss Radio is about to launch uh, season two, and what we're doing in season two is we're doubling down on interviews with members of the Profit Boss community who've used. Things that they've learned from episodes and from the principles of the show to improve their financial life. So I'm literally- The show has principles?
0: Yes. And people have learned things? Yes. That is so different than this show. Very
3: unlike your show. Very different. I know. I know. Every time I say something technical, you look at me cross-eyed. I realize that it's the wrong show for that. Um, So we're we're interviewing community members and doing a lot more of that. So it feels like a group, a team, a, a wealth mastermind. And it should be really fun. So I air every Tuesday. And, um, yeah, we'd love to have you check it out.
0: Awesome. And I'll link to all the shows on our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. Guys, have a great conference. Thanks for hanging out.
1: Thanks, Joe.
4: Thank you. Oh,
1: that's going to do it for today's
0: show. Hey, I've got uh, more uh, from Podcast Movement that I want to tell you about also want to introduce our brand new game, tell you the status of last eight weeks game, because a lot of people participated in that. And also, finally, to wrap this baby up, want to tell you what's coming up next week on the show. But first, got to say a big thanks to everybody who headed to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. And like we do every week on the show, we had to magnify money using the Stacking Benjamins link so they know we sent us, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Guess what I find here? Balance transfers, credit cashback rewards, 0% interest credit cards, low interest credit cards, CD rates, savings accounts, link checking and savings, personal loans, student loans. It's all here at Magnify Money. Why do you just walk into the bank and say, what do you got? And then hope that they have the best one when the best one is right in your fingertips because you listen to our show, stackingbenjamins.com. All right, let's head to savings accounts like we do on every Friday show. And let's see, the highest interest rate has been 1.4, and there were two of them there. And bam, that's the same thing here. 1.4% Live Oak Bank says the fine print is A, very transparent, so very little fine print. Minimum balance is zero, and the APY 1.4. If you have, I don't know why I put $11,000 in here, but I did, it says that you would save $154. And you get $154 also at Dollar Savings Direct. A, for their fine print score, $1 minimum balance. That's the only difference between the two. And 1.4 APY. Then at 1.35 is Salem 5 Direct. 1.3, we've got 1, 2, 3, 4 of them there. The 1.26, 1.25, 1.21, and so on. So if you want to get 1.4, which looks way better than uh, most of them. I mean, there's only 7 or 8 that are within spitting distance of 1.4. StackingBenjamins.com forward slash magnify money And second... If you have kids, you know what happens to their financial education? Nothing, unless you help it happen. That's why I love FamZoo. If you head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash FamZoo, you'll find it's easy to give your children a financial education. Let's say that you want to play a stock market game and have kids have some phantom money and follow along with the stock. You can show them the stock returns in the FamZoo app. Just make the returns happen. You can pay them interest. You can charge them interest if they take out a loan from you. You can do so many things with the FamZoo app because here's what happens. You end up giving the kids a little bit of financial responsibility, or a lot if you want to, by handing them prepaid debit cards. Once you give those cards to them, though, that's not the end of the financial education. That's just the beginning because at that point... Then you get to watch how they use the card. You can easily switch money over to their account. You can switch money back from their account. You can freeze the card if you need to. It's all very easy with FamZoo.com. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash FamZoo when you're ready to teach your kids about money. That's the number one place to go. All right. We have a game we play on Fridays. Let me tell you about the game if you're brand new to the stacking benjamin show i play a game because my usual monday wednesday host og isn't here with me entertaining me so i get to entertain myself and bring you along for the ride and i do that by playing a game so in today's game in the title of the show in the description of the show or in the first couple minutes there is a clue and i haven't given you enough of a clue yet to know exactly what's going on but this game is fairly easy and uh, i hope you enjoy it So you take a clue from this week, take a clue from next week, take a clue from the week after. And over the next seven weeks, you're going to have enough clues to be able to figure out how the game's played, what's going on. Write to me, Joe at StackyBenjamins.com. And if you are within 24 hours of the first person who answers correctly, then guess what? You'll be put in the pot for a prize back that we put together on your behalf. And I have to apologize to Luke, who won the last game. And by the way, that was game before last. I had his prize pack delivered. You know where it came while I was at Podcast Movement? Came to my house. I put the wrong address. I put my address on it. So Luke, prize pack's coming to you, buddy. As soon as uh, Richie, our fantastic producer, heads over to the post office with this big prize pack. I love remailing stuff that, um, that's kind of heavy. It's great, but I deserve it. Not my finest hour. Speaking of games, the last eight weeks games, because we are taping ahead, got to pull back the curtain here for a little bit. I am not going to be able to detail the game for about another two weeks and we will start the second round of the last eight weeks game. Then OG is going to help me, but we still, as I write this, we have actually just about closed. We got 24 hours left and we'll close submissions and then uh, OG and I will put stuff together. But look for us two Fridays from now to talk more about the upcoming game. That's that on the game. Let's talk next about podcast movement. I was very surprised, and we'll talk about this more on an upcoming show. We, we won a big, big, big award. We were nominated for an Academy of Podcasters Best Business Podcast Award. I have no idea How we did that, because we were up against some serious business podcasts, The Tim Ferriss Show, How I Built This, The Ray Edwards Show, Social Media Marketing with Michael Stelzer, Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income, Planet Money, uh, just some of Jocko, some amazing podcast. So to see our name among these shows that have a lot larger audience than ours was incredibly surprising and gratifying. So we sat in the back of the room because we didn't think we were going to win, and and we won. So more about that, that later, but uh, thanks to all of you for that. You know, going to conferences is amazing. Not because you come home with awards that they make you check your baggage because you could use this award as a weapon. It's so heavy. But you go to conferences because of the fact that there's things that you can do face-to-face that you can't do other places. Even if you can get your education online for whatever your job is, whatever career you've decided on, you can't make those networking connections. And a lot of the networking connections that I've made over the years were made face-to-face. Very few weren't. And I'm so excited that we were able to see people like Len Penzo, who I don't get to see much. Saw him. Getting to see Philip Taylor, Hillary, and Jamila. Getting to see Chris from Popcorn Finance. I met. Glad to meet him. I met so many people. Ryan Inman, who has a brand new podcast podcast. We'll have him on the show soon. Will DeShazzo, we have to have him on the show soon. Uh, so many people that I met uh, and so many ideas that we got. And for this show, it's important for me to tell you that we're we are we're constantly looking at making the show better. Not to the point that you really notice it, but we're looking for as many ideas as possible to tweak and tweak and tweak so that every time you come back to Stacking Benjamins, it's an experience that you want to have continue. You know, there's a show, I made this show because it's a show that I wanted to listen to and nobody was doing the show that I wanted to listen to. A lighter show with fewer nuggets, more fun, more relaxed, Uh, basically car talk, but with uh, more of a beat. Uh, So late night television meets finance is what I was looking for and we keep tweaking to make that happen. All right, that's it. Enough about that, except go to conferences. Let's talk about what's happening next week on the Stack and Benjamin Show because I'm way geeked about this. Monday, you know it's your favorite letters episode. You love letters episodes. I love letters episodes. It's a potpourri. We're going to talk about everything under the sun on Monday. And then on Wednesday, one of my favorite books—let's nah, let's stop using that phrase—my f- favorite book to hit my desk this summer— And I read about it all over the place that it's one of the must-have business books. And I was so surprised when I got it because it's thin. It's small. It looks like Austin Kleon's book. And for those of you that know the show for a long time, you know that I love Steel Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. It looks like Austin Kleon's book, which, as you know, looks really small and easy and isn't. It's full of big ideas. Well, Change Starts Within You by Courtney McDermott. Big, big ideas in a little package. And I was so geeked to get it and uh, amazed when I read it that you could pack that much goodness into a little book. And then I was even more amazed when she said, Yeah, I'll come down and talk about it. And people wonder, what does that have to do with your money? It's hard to get excited about managing your money if you don't know what the hell you want to do. When you don't know where you're going, when you don't have any direction, your money's also going to have no direction. And when people were excited about their goals, it was easy for me as their financial planner to help them funnel. But it's not easy for me to motivate. You have to be self-motivated. And if you change so that you're working toward those goals that are really important to you, the money follows. And uh, that's why I'm glad to have Courtney on. And then on Friday, we've got a fantastic roundtable featuring three people who you normally don't hear on Friday We've got an all-new cast just for this coming Friday, because all of our roundtable people, Len, Greg, and Paula, have other things going on. That doesn't mean it's not good. It means it's awesome, because uh, joining us from USA Today, Peter Dunn, Pete the Planner, coming down to the shortwave. And also, Eric Nissan from DIY Fund. You've heard them before on our FinTech segment. They just won a huge award. I'll let him tell you about that, but... DIY Fund. Really exciting stuff happening there. So, Eric joining us. And remember how we told you that Elena Tweedale a couple Fridays ago, uh, we were talking about an article that Elena's had. And we I I know Elena. And we asked her to come join us. And of course, Elena said yes, which was awesome. And so, we're going to talk about work-life balance, whether there's a better way to pay off a credit card, and uh, what assumptions people make that they shouldn't in their retirement planning. That's all coming up next Friday on the show. But... Maybe even more exciting, we have started a new relationship with TheMuse.com, The Muse. And I'm so excited that the CEO of The Muse, Catherine Minshew, is going to join us on our brand new HR segment. You know, uh, Suzanne Lucas does HR pieces for us, and we're going to expand that out because I think a lot of people have issues with the basics of human resource stuff. And the Muse, if you're interested in, in your career and making more money, it's so exciting that uh, Catherine Minshew is going to be here. Of course, Suzanne Lucas will continue to be here, but we're going to expand that a bit. Catherine Minshew, her debut on the Stacking Benjamin Show career segment coming up Friday in the middle of the show. All right, that's it. Now, have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Go stacks some Benjamin's. We'll see you on Monday back here.
2: Special thanks to Hilary Hendershot
0: from Profit
2: Boss Radio for joining us. Special thanks also to Jamila Soufrant from Journey to Launch for hanging out. And, of course, special thanks to our friend Philip Taylor from the Masters of Money podcast. You'll find information on all of their podcasts at stackingbenjamins.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter reese and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at, at SBenjaminsCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm wondering if KY Jelly is actually made in Kentucky. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. Special thanks to Dave Ramsey for dropping by the basement. Unfortunately, we ran out of time for his segment. Maybe next time, Dave. What are you still doing here? The show is over. Go home.
0: Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric who is such a giving person, Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD, employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life, and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.